Come on, Hope is alive, everybody. How we doing? Everybody say Nico. Boo. Boo, Nico. Boo. Kept the money. Kept the money. That's okay. Thank you. Man, can't believe it. Can't believe it. Um, so, everybody doing? Hey, look at the crowd. I, I, I didn't really get to see all of you. You know, statistically, Easter is the largest attended service of the year. Makes sense, right? Uh, but the Sunday after Easter, statistically, is the least attended Sunday of the year. Boo, doesn't make sense, right? But not you guys, because you're here today, and those of you watching online, amen? <laughs> proud of you, proud of you, true Christians. <sighs> Praise the Lord. Anyway, so you qualify, you, you have just lost your card of being a creaster. Those who come to Christmas and Easter, you, you can cash that one in. You passed the test. You're here today. Amen. It's awesome. It's awesome. So it's good. It's good. Everybody have a good week? Hey, I don't know if you've heard yet, but like we're in some kind of tier. And uh, I don't know which one we're in, but we're moving on. Praise the Lord. Amen. And uh, God is good. I go into some coffee shops and there's people sitting all around. Totally full. I go into Starbucks. There's no one inside. I go into one restaurant. It's totally packed. I go into another restaurant. Chairs are stacked. No one's in there. I am so confused, and I think the restaurants are as well. So um, anyway, we just keep moving forward because hope is alive, and hope means that someday we'll get to all go into a restaurant and all go into a coffee shop and uh, have a cup of coffee with our friend. Amen? And uh, so it's so good to have all of you here and all of you watching online, all of our online friends. I saw all of you commenting uh, on YouTube. I was on YouTube. I'm sure some of you are on Facebook. Uh, thank you for being with us today. Continue to lift us up in prayer as we move forward in everything we're doing. Last week, we're going to pick up in our series that we launched on Easter Sunday called Hope is Alive. Amen. Hope is not dead. Hope is alive, just like the video just said. We're so excited about our GC Cares thing launching and uh, really getting kicked off. It's something we've always uh, had in our hearts to do, but never really knew how to fully accomplish it. And so the full uh, partnership with Feeding America has really helped us uh, realize that and bring that to pass. And so we're excited about doing that. And if you want to be a part of that, we encourage you to do so uh, today after second service, right, Pastor Jim? In the, in the urban room? Oh, every service, after this service in the urban room. Okay, awesome. So you can get information about that. Uh, today we have our, uh, a lot of groups happening. I have two of mine happening today. So we're going to be busy hitting the white ball and then teaching young people how to stay out of debt. So, I, uh, so we're excited. So you can still get involved with groups. They're still happening, amen. You, don't, you didn't miss anything, amen. I think, Nika, you, you got a date night coming up, right? All right. Praise the Lord. So we'll make sure people bring money to that since you didn't bring money to Kirk's wife. All right. Praise the Lord. How many love Nico and Jessica? Huh? Oh, they're awesome. Amen. Amen. So uh, let's just pray, then we'll get after it. Father, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you're here in this place. You're where everybody is. Father God, we thank you, uh, Father God, for the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Father God, for your healing. We thank you, Father God, for impartations today. We thank you for freedom coming to people today through this message. And so, Lord, we just thank you. 
that you speak through me, that you give me a check on things I shouldn't say, and you give me a release prophetically on things to declare. And so, Lord, we thank you for that, and we give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said, oh, yeah. Come on, somebody. Amen. So last week we talked about I am certain of the uncertainties of the world. If you remember, I kicked off the message and we said, I am certain of the uncertainty of the vaccine. I am certain of the uncertainty of COVID. I am certain of the uncertainty of the stock market. I'm certain of the uncertainty of all kinds of different things that we talked about and how we even, people today are not certain about the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It has become sort of this woke thing. If you're a Christian, you're almost against everybody. Right? And so uh, churches are being come against. People that believe that way are being come, come against that. All kinds of different things. Even the Mr. Pillow guy, just because he stands up for Jesus, now everybody's against his company and his pillows. Come on, man. So it's like if you stand up for Jesus, you believe in Christ, then all of a sudden you, I am certain in the uncertainty that you'll be received today. There's an attack against the spiritual realm called God and Christianity. And there's a, a, a birthing of things that goes against. It's a, world, a new world order. It's a spiritual uh, antichrist spirit that's sweeping across the world. You're seeing it right before your very eyes. Things that are in this book right here, we are seeing. And it's not to scare us. It's to empower us to go, man, I'm living in the time when Jesus is coming back, man. I'm going, to get, I'm going to be one of the ones who sees it. Remember, and we talked about having rapture practice, right? You got to be doing those squats at the gym so you don't fail on the rapture. All right. I know a lot of guys, they like to bulk up up here, but this ain't going to help you in the rapture. You got to have these legs ready on the rapture. Come on, George. All right. Praise the Lord. So Jeremiah 29, 11. People always... Okay, I'm going to write on George. George and he's at Planet Fitness. He's got the weights. But George ain't in the photo. Anybody can take a photo of weights. It's when you're using them. That's what we want to see. He's like, he ain't doing no weights. Praise the Lord. I love George. He's awesome. Just had to tease him a little bit. Jeremiah 29, 11. I do the same thing. One time I was at the gym and I took, I took a picture of like 245s on the, on, the, on the bench press. I took a picture of that finally working out today. Everybody was commenting. I'm like, that wasn't my rack. That was the guy next to me. So uh, everybody thought I was doing like 300 pounds. Yeah, whatever. When I was in high school, maybe. So Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So many people today think that God's against them. So many people today think that God caused people to die. Every time you go to a funeral, well, I guess God needed them more than I do. No, he don't need us. He need us here to tell people about his son. He don't need us up there. Amen. It's like this mix. It's like we don't know how to explain it, so we just go, well, I guess God needed him. God needed my wife. God needed my husband. God needed my uncle. And that's, that's the wrong understanding. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give you life. So why would he take people out? Come on, I'm coming against some religious thinking that people have just thought because they don't really know spiritually. But God's the God of love. If he's the God of love, why would he kill somebody to get them to come up there and be with him? Why did he bring them into the earth if he needed them up there? God don't need us. 
What are we going to go? God, I think you should do this right now down there on the... No. I don't know why I just had that voice right there. I don't know. You never know what voice is going to come out. You just never know. It could be redneck. You never know. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Anyhow, he has thoughts of a future and a hope for you. Now, this last year, some of us have lost some hope. And we didn't know if there was really a future. If you're in school, you're like, I don't know if I'm ever going to go back to school. If you're in college, am I ever going to get to go back to college? Everything's online. And so is there a future, and am I going to have one? Is there a hope for my life? Is there a direction for my life? Because everybody could have been really depressed, and some people have been in this last year. 1 Peter 1.3, we talked about this last week, our foundation scripture for our series. We are reborn to experience a living, energetic hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We are living an energetic hope because of Jesus Christ. There is an energetic living hope on the inside of you. If you have received Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit resides on the inside of you. So therefore, we as Christians don't have to live on this earth in our humanity. We actually have the deity of God dwelling within us that we can access in our life. That we can pray for people and they'll be healed. Not because of who we are, but because of the Holy Ghost on us. And because of our faith within us to believe in God who can do the work. Amen? So we have to understand these things. And so this verse really kicks us off in our series, Hope is Alive, in all of this stuff. So hope is alive when you... Remember last week I, I had a ladder over here on this wall. I said a lot of people put all their hope in all these things and people and different stuff, but if you would move your ladder to the cross of Christ, if your hope would be in Jesus rather than in people or your spouse or your kids or your job or, or whatever it is, if you would move your hope, then there would be hope. These things will always fail you, but Jesus will never fail you. But the problem is everybody has their hope in these things, and when they fail them, then they turn to God and go, God, where were you? Well, you weren't leaning on me. Hope is alive when it's placed in the right position to have hope in. Amen? So that was all last week. All right. So today we're going to dream again. Everybody say dream again. Dream again. Because I believe a lot of people have lost their dreams. They've lost their hope. They've lost their passions. And we just felt like, hey, hope is alive. Let's dream again. And if you haven't had a dream, get one. Otherwise, we go in circles in life, and all of a sudden, 20 years has gone by, and I'm like, what am I doing with my life? You've got a dream or get a God dream for your life, and then pursue that, amen, and go after that. And so you have to have, and we've got to stir up the dreams with our hearts that God has put in us or placed upon us. Now, I want to clarify something. When I'm going to talk today, I'm not talking about human, natural, flesh dreams. I'm talking about God divine dreams. So if God's given you a dream or a vision, let's birth that again. Hope is alive again. There's no more containment, in a sense, on your dream. Only a containment on what you think. That was Twitter-worthy right there. I don't even know what I just said, but it just sounded like it should have been on Twitter. All right? Praise the Lord. Genesis 37, if you want to turn there, if you have your Bibles, the B-I-B-L-E, if you have one of these right here, or most of you probably have your digital version, uh, Genesis chapter 37, we're going to jump off over there. We're going to look at a very familiar story, but we're going to go with a little different angle than what you've typically heard. So don't tune me out because you know the story, because we're going to unpack some things that you probably haven't thought of. Amen? Genesis chapter 37, 
And before I read this, I need to attach myself. I know how Nico, he might leave me in this. Genesis 37. I put that on a little too tight. <laughs> Genesis 37, verse 5. I'm not sure which translation I'm reading this in, but the guys will have it on the screen beneath you or behind me. One night Joseph had a dream, and when he had told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles of all gathered around and bowed low before mine. Oh, wow. His brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Soon Joseph had another dream. He again he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream, he said. The sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed before, low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers, but his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what these dreams meant. So here's the dream, and most of you have maybe have read this story about Joseph and his dreams, and we can see maybe the immaturity a little bit in the fact that he shared this dream with his brothers uh, because basically he didn't understand or interpret what exactly the dream was, but they heard it a different way. They heard it, you mean we're going to bow down to you? Like they knew, they interpreted the dream before he really realized what the dream sort of was saying. So I want to just park here just for a second and just say COVID has derailed some dreams in our lives. We had passions, we had desires, we had business desires, we had all kinds of things with education, all this different stuff and it has, it has halted momentum in your life in your dreams. It has isolated ideas into rooms and houses. So how does one dream again with the unknown of the future challenges we may have. But we can dream again. Because we need to know that God is in control. Amen. We follow His plan and His purpose. He's not shocked or surprised of the situation that we're in. He knows well ahead and He also knows the enemy's tactic in bringing it. The enemy's tactic in bringing it. Because some people say, well, I wonder why God allowed COVID. He didn't. Joseph's dream was not received, and maybe, just maybe, he released it a little early. You know, sometimes that's wisdom when you have a dream and you go sharing it before you were supposed to share it. Or maybe sometimes we have dreams and the dreams are for us, but maybe not to be shared with others. Because sometimes we want to brag spiritually about what God's doing with us and showing us. And we want to look spiritual to other people. So then, oh, God showed me this dream the other day and this is what's going to happen. Is it really going to be cool? And the other person gets nothing out of it because the dream is about you. But because you release it before you're supposed to, I'm going to show you some tactics of the enemy when you speak out dreams before it's time. 
Amen. So his brothers, as we know, uh, so so uh, just I, I'm not going to read the whole text, but his brothers, uh, basically the dream goes and the brothers go off to this other town and the father goes, hey, I don't know where your brothers are. I need to send you, so go find them. So Joseph goes to this town. They're not there. So he asks the guy at the town, hey, where are my brothers? Oh, I think they went out to this other town. And so he goes out there and he finds them. And the Bible says they saw him coming. And the brothers strategize, let's kill him and his dreams, and let's throw him in a pit, and we'll tell our father that a crazy animal came and, and ate him and destroyed him and killed him, and that'll be our alibi, that'll be our story, and they were all in on it. Isn't that amazing that brothers can be so jealous of one other brother's dreams that God gave them that you would actually kill them? But you have to be careful when God gives you dreams because everybody around you will try to kill the dream, not only in the spirit realm, but in the natural realm. And they'll defeat you with words and speak things against you. You have to know when it's time to say the dream and when it's time to keep the dream within your heart and just let it unfold before you. Amen. And so here's what was happening to Joseph. And so uh, what happens was they threw him in the pit and uh, they came along and he survived that. And some guys came along and rescued him up out of the pit. And then they took him into the next city and they sold him into slavery. And they, they made money off of Joseph. So he was sold into sla slavery. And then if you remember the story, he's in and cleaning and doing whatever in the palace, the king's palace. And Potiphar's wife's there and she thinks he's a hottie. And so every day she comes and she, she tries to get Joseph to come away and sleep with her. Amen. To, to have relations with her. Amen. And so they, this keeps going on. And finally he, he keeps denying. He keeps, no, no, no. I cannot do this. I cannot come against God. I cannot do this. No, no, no. Stay away from me. And one day he takes off running and she grabs his uh, garments and rips them off of him. And he just takes off buck naked. Woohoo! Running from her. Now, how many of you know you're following God's plan and purpose if you're running from the king's wife who's trying to sleep with you? Most people today would take the invitation. But when you're lined up with God's plan and purpose, then you come against that spirit. Because sometimes we just think it's the flesh, but oftentimes the spirit is influencing that flesh. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so he takes off. But then she goes and rats him out and says, he slept with me, tried to sleep, and gets him in trouble. And then they throw him into the prison. Now, this is all because he told his brothers about a dream that God showed him. So he gets thrown into the pit. His brothers try to kill him. Can you imagine the animosity? Can you imagine the bitterness that's starting to well up in his heart? Then he gets sold into slavery. And then he's sold into slavery. And then he gets accused of sleeping with Potiphar's wife, which he did not do. He actually did the honorable thing. Have you ever been accused of something that you did not do and you have to take the high road? And you don't speak against those who are taking the low road? Only a few people? Okay, praise the Lord. So, so he does that. And then, uh, you know, gets accused. He gets thrown into the prison. And so we see what happens to him. And we're going to pick up reading in verse uh, chapter 39. We're going to skip over chapter 39 in verse 19. And when Joseph's master heard the words of his wife saying, This is the way your servant treated me, his anger burned. I'm not sure which translation I'm reading. I think it might be amplified. So Joseph's master... 
took him and put him in the prison and a place where the king's prisoners were confined. So he was there in the prison, but the Lord was with Joseph. How many know the Lord was with him? Amen. And extended loving kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the warden. The warden committed to Joseph's care management of all the prisoners who were in the prison so that whatever was done there, he was in charge of it. The warden paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's care because the Lord was with him. Whatever Joseph did, the Lord made to prosper. Now we see right here that he was thrown into prison. In this word right here, we see where the prisoners were confined. I'm going to read a... In Psalms here in just a second, and it's going to give us greater light into what was actually happening right here. It's going to give us a, a greater understanding of clarity, but he was confined into the prison. He was strapped. So first of all, he tells his dreams. He gets thrown into a pit. His brothers want to kill him. Then he gets sold into slavery. Then Potiphar's wife accuses him of sleeping with her, which he didn't do. And then he gets thrown into the prison, and now he's strapped in the prison, right? And this is what has happened to Joseph. All he's trying to do is serve God. And all this drama is happening in his life. Have you ever asked yourself, God, all I'm trying to do is serve you and all this stuff keeps happening in my life. Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Sometimes God doesn't have anything to do with what's happening. He instilled in you the vision from the beginning, the dream from the beginning. But the devil comes along and he tries to get things and he has things happen to you and happen to you and happen to you to keep you from fulfilling the dream, to keep you from not fulfilling your destiny. This is what's happening right here. So we have to see this. Now Psalms, I'm going to have you go to Psalms 105. Psalms is basically a poetic reference that reveals things not sometimes told in the stories in the Bible. You'll see David, he writes many of the Psalms. And so it's, a, it's a, basically a poetic or song type version of telling of the stories that we've read about in the Bible. Everybody follow that? Okay. So remember, Joseph was confined in the prison. Now we're going to read in Psalms 105. We're going to start reading in verse 16. And this is going to reference in Psalms what we just read about in Genesis 37 to 39, okay? Tracking with me? In, in Psalms chapter 105, it says in verse 16, He brought famine to the land. He took away their food supply. He sent a man ahead of them. He sent Joseph who was sold as a slave, all right? We've picked up the story. Verse 18, they hurt his feet with shackles and cut into his neck with an iron collar. Wait a minute. That wasn't in Genesis. Verse 19, the Lord's promise tested him through fiery trials until his prediction or dream came true. The king sent someone to release him. The ruler of nations set him free. He made Joseph the master of his palace and the ruler of all his possessions. Joseph trained the king's officers the way he wanted and taught his respected leaders wisdom. Now, in, uh, in a commentary, uh, Barnes' commentary, this particular scripture in reference in Genesis 40 verse 3, it says that Joseph, that he was bound in prison. 
It is not improbable in that day that his feet were bound, and I could have bound my feet, but I wouldn't have been able to go anywhere. His feet were bound, and this is the usual in the confining of prisoners. So they were confined in prison, and this in Psalm says that there was an iron collar around his neck. Anybody ever seen some movies where they do that and it's torture and they put them in the prisons and stuff like that? Uh, I'm trying to think of the is it Three Musketeers or Iron Iron something uh, movies, right? And they put these things around their neck and they confine them and they'll generally strap them to the walls and they'll have them totally confined. So here's Joseph. Now imagine with me for a minute that you're him. God, you showed me a dream. That I was going to be doing this and this. And then my brothers hated me and tried to kill me. Then I was sold into slavery. Then I was wrongly accused by Potiphar's wife. And now I'm here in this prison and I'm bound and confined. How in the world are my dreams ever going to happen? I don't see that dream that I had. That I know you showed me. I don't see that happening. My neck is in this iron collar, God. My feet are shackled and they hurt. And I'm in this prison. How is my dream ever going to happen? Sometimes we feel like we've been shackled in life. Sometimes we feel like the devil's got a chokehold on our purpose and destiny. Sometimes we feel like we can't move COVID has caused some of us to feel like we're bound and shackled, not only to our homes, but to our dreams, our purposes, and our destinies. And we cry out to God, God, where are you? And I just want you to know that if you cried out this past year, God, where are you? You weren't the only one asking him, where are you? But there's one thing we know if you've received Christ. He didn't leave you. He's been right here the whole time. Now you have a choice if you want to go to him or go to some other circumstance to lean your ladder against, but he's right here. Amen? We need to understand and know that he is right here. So first of all, the dream was given. Then the dream was derailed. It was derailed. Now I just want to say this to you, that sometimes our dreams are derailed not because God derailed them, but because the devil derailed them. And here's what I want to introduce to you today is that Joseph spoke out his dream. When you speak things, remember we did that series a few years ago, uh, what did I call that? Frequency. When you speak things into the spirit realm, he was declaring God's purpose and dream for his life and he spoke it out. It tells you the power of speaking on behalf of God. Because not only did he hear it, but his brothers heard it, his father heard it, and the results following also heard it in the spirit realm. You cannot tell me that his brothers were jealous because they were following Christ. They were jealous because they were following selfishness and jealousy, and I want mine, and I don't like him, and they're gonna, and we know that he's a good-looking dude, right? So David's a good-looking dude. They're already jealous of him, so they want to eliminate him. There's a spiritual influence that comes on people's flesh to get them to do demonic things, and killing a brother is a demonic thing, and then to be sold into slavery. And then to be accused of something you didn't do. You would have to be like Joseph and just go, man, I can't get a break. Right. 
everything just keeps happening to me ever since I spoke out that dream. And when you speak out that dream, you speak it into the spiritual realm. You speak it out and not only do people hear it, but the spirit realm hears it. And the spirit realm will work harder than people to destroy the dream to make sure that God's purpose and destiny over your life does not come to pass. And you have to recognize that you're not only battling people, but you're mostly battling spiritual realms. So every time someone comes here and prophesies something about Generations Church, look out. Because the devil knows what's prophetically spoken over us. Amen. There are dreams and things that you declare that the enemy has a strategy to derail your dream. You can get the dream, but then your dreams can be derailed. Amen. Shackles on his feet, iron collar around his neck. Now, another translation or commentary on this said it was as if he was laid in iron in the prison. In the margin it says his soul... His soul came into iron. Okay? His soul came into iron. In other words, he became strong and his soul, his mind, his will, and emotions became strengthened. Just think about that. He was kind of this spoiled little guy that was out taking care of the sheep and then all of a sudden his brothers do this to him. He's sold into slavery. All these different things begin to happen to him. He's wrongly accused of things. But he's got this dream that he knows God gave him. But how in the world is this going to happen when I'm shackled in prison in this iron collar? But as you mature, we need to understand that Joseph took care of the fields. And then Joseph was given the authority by the warden to take care of all the prisoners. So he not only learned how to work with the fields, he learned how to work with people. But all the while this was happening, he could interpret other dreams. And he interpreted dreams of two of the prisoners that were with him. One was killed just as he said in the dream would happen. The other was released and put into a position of authority. And then all of a sudden the king has a dream. The king has a dream, but he doesn't know what it means. And the guy says, you know what? I remember a guy in prison who accurately described my dream. And the king called Joseph out of the prison. Off his shackles went. Sometimes we don't know if our shackles are ever going to come off. He was released from the prison. He went and stood before the king and he told the king exactly what his dream was. So even though he was going through all these trials, his heart was strengthened and his purpose to God remained strong that he could still be sensitive to what God was saying to him even though in the flesh all these things were happening to him. The one thing the devil wants to do is he wants to derail you and he'll get you to respond in the flesh so that you do not respond in the spirit. 
God wants you to respond in the spirit realm. He wants you to see and declare what the spirit realm is saying over your life. Amen. And you can dream again. Why? Because if this can happen to Joseph and all this stuff that went to him and God can take him out of the prison, use him to prophesy and declare and to interpret the dream of a king. And then he was placed second in command. And most of you know the rest of the story that all of a sudden he's second in command of the nation and his family comes needing food and they bow down and worship him just like the dream that he saw and then he revealed himself and they were in shock now I guarantee you that the brothers and the dad didn't remember the dream but we know that Joseph remembered that dream we know that dream came to pass see if you have a dream in your heart you can dream again you can have hope again. You can start believing again. If there's things that got derailed in your life, if you feel like you were handcuffed in this past year of not moving forward in life, I want you to just grab that dream again and put that dream back in your heart again. I want you to grab a hold of some hope that you don't think is there and you can put that hope back in your heart again because if this can happen to Joseph, you can dream again. You can believe again. You can have confidence in God that God has not forgot you and your dream. He hasn't forgot you in your dream. Because I guarantee you, when you're in shackles and your collar's in, a, in, a, in, a, in an iron thing or whatever, that you can believe that it's never going to happen for me. I don't know what I was thinking. It must have been a bad dream or the pizza I ate. All these things. But the Bible says that his soul was strengthened. His leadership was strong. He declared and he stood in the position that he had and he broke out of the shackles because he kept believing in God and he kept standing for God's ways. Amen. I want us to dream again. Can we dream again for Generations Church that people have left, that people have gone away, that they'll come back? Can we believe again for new people to come to Generations Church? Can we believe again for more campuses to come to Generations Church? Can we believe again for souls being saved every Sunday at Generations Church? Can we believe again for Mexico and a movement of God to sweep across Mexico. Can we believe again? Can we dream again, church? I don't want us to lose the dream. The devil wants to derail the dream and the vision that God has placed upon Generations Church. He wants to derail the dream and vision that he's placed inside of you, the calling and purpose. Lift up your dream. Hope is still alive. Jesus is still alive. Your dreams are still alive. Let's believe again. Let's dream again in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for today, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this message, God, that you create hope inside of people today. As people are standing right now, God, or watching online, I want to pray with everybody in this room. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's hard to have that hope. It's hard to have that dream, but you have to believe in the one who gives the hope. You have to believe in the one who gives the dream. It's Jesus Christ, the one we celebrated at Easter. He's still alive. He's still on the throne. And he's still madly in love with you. I want to pray a prayer. And if you simply have never received Jesus in your heart today, I want you to pray this prayer. I want you to wrap it around your heart. Pray this prayer to God. The Bible says that God will hear your prayer and the Holy Spirit will come and reside on the inside of you. We call it born again or your spirit becomes alive. It's the greatest day of your life. It's the greatest miracle you'll ever receive when you find Jesus Christ. 
Everybody pray this prayer. Say, Father God, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin. I believe your son Jesus went to the cross for me, shed his blood for me. I receive him today as my Lord and my Savior. I thank you, God. This day, I have become a follower of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Man, that was simple. Today, we want to we wanna get something to you. Amen. Let's give them a hand. They prayed that prayer. Awesome. At the back of our auditorium, when we exit, there are green tables. On those green tables are a fresh start kit. If you prayed that prayer and invited Jesus into your heart, if you recommitted your life to Jesus today, just stop by there. Get one of our fresh start kits to help you get activated moving forward in, in your walk with God. If you don't have a church, we would love to be your church. If you don't have a pastor, I would love to be your pastor and help you on your journey with Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's give a hand for him one more time. And let's worship him one more time today. Come on, lift up your voice. Let's worship him.